Grab your Bible with me, please. Amen. As we give reverence to the word, if you would, please stand to your feet and we open up to the book of Genesis. Please excuse my wife this morning. She sends her love. We're praying a special touch of healing over her body. Amen. This morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We are thankful unto God. Go to Genesis chapter two with me. Worship team, thank you. Pastor Philip, Pastor Chrissy, John Randall, thank you for that selection before our message. Amen. Thank you so much. Bless God. Hallelujah. Healing in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. There's grace in the atmosphere. I'm going to also, just before we get into the word, just ask, man, my sister Gloria, I believe Ivan is just outside, amen, and uh, uh, Ronnie, Daniel Dorr, please, if y'all just stick around for me, please, just a few minutes after service, just make sure we cover all our bases. It is exciting that we are, praise God, working on the house, amen, amen. it's a beautiful thing. Uh, we, we are looking forward to the completion of that project, but it's, uh, uh, it's nice. Praise God to be able to move forward in Jesus name. Genesis chapter four. Excuse me. I may have said Genesis chapter two, but it's Genesis chapter four. Oh, good. I did say Genesis two. (laughs) Praise God. Let's read Genesis chapter four. We're going to start in verse one to verse seven. It reads like this saying now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again. This time, his brother Abel. I have a little bit of echo down here, brother. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock. And of their fat and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain. And his offering and Cain was very angry. Other versions say wroth. He was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. The title of today's message is called God's Love Language. Amen. There is a There is a book uh, out, a man that came out many years ago. I believe it was about the seven, about seven love languages that do exist. Amen. Um, And God's love language, five love languages. I'm just thinking of that beautiful number seven for some reason. But it's five love languages. I appreciate that. (laughs) I thought that meant stop. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. But the five love languages. But I want to talk about God's love language. It's it's one of those. I I really believe God's love languages uh, uh, go far beyond what we could actually count. Amen. But I want to really talk about God's love language in reference to uh, uh, one key word that I want to share with you, even in the introduction. 
God's love language towards his children is a language of affirmation. In the beginning of this service, amen, we opened up with 2 Chronicles chapter 20, where we read, do not fear. Do not fear. God speaks those word in, words in 2020. We, continue, we heard that word in great detail. And I believe that God is still speaking that word. He spoke it thousands of years ago and he's speaking it today because he needs his children to be affirmed. Amen. In what they believe. Do not fear. If you do well, the Bible said here in this text, you will be accepted. But if you do not do well or that which is pleasing to the Lord, then sin lies at the door. Affirmation or the act of affirming something means to show or express a strong belief in or dedication to. God is dedicated to you. God is dedicated to you because you bear his name. And if you bear his name, that means you bear his reputation. That's why he cares so much to make sure that he is engaged in fellowship with you. He doesn't just say, my son died for you and today he is risen and you ought to be affirmed enough in that. No, no, no. He says all of that plus more. He said, I will be with you through the storms. I will be with you when the sun is shining. I will be with you in the trouble of this life. So now as we consider the text of Genesis chapter four, we got to ask two questions. The first one is, can affirmation be expressed when there is approval as well as disapproval? And then secondly, can I be confident in the Lord's affirming love when he points out my wrongs and my rights or my rights as well as my wrongs? Is it possible to be affirmed in love, in the love of God? When he calls me out, when I do good, as well as when I do bad. Yes, I can be affirmed because he loves me enough to call me out when I need to be called out. He's a good, good father. Thank God. Hallelujah. For that kind of love. To be totally honest, the problem that we face like Cain, even in this generation, is that we do not want to hear the affirmation of the living God that touches every area of our life and our emotions. Because in doing so, he touches wounds that we don't want to be bothered. We don't really want him to touch that area. The problem, though, with that attitude is that 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 it has the characteristics of denial. It has the characteristics of denial. And if you deny that there is a problem, then you can continue to ignore the problem. How many times have you been engaged in a relationship with someone, a friend, a brother, a sister, a husband and a or a wife, and you all prolong the period in, in which you say, oh, we're not going to talk about that yet. But the longer and longer you let it go, the more it festers and the more that thing grows. That's why, praise God, there are those who don't even like to talk about certain things, because once you identify it, then you got to deal with it. Ah, nobody wants to deal with it. We could keep on walking around and smiling and saying, oh, there ain't nothing, nothing, nothing to see here. <laughs> 
Well, we spoke last week about Stephen, the martyr. He proclaimed what needed to be heard, not just what they wanted to hear. He didn't go to them affirming that, oh, you all have been doing right. No, he said you were the ones who persecuted Christ Jesus. You need to hear this. If you don't hear the part that you need to hear, then you will not receive the solution as well. Hallelujah. He didn't want to just point them out and say you're guilty of bloodshed. No, God also has a message of restoration. But if you think that there's nothing to restore, then you could continue on and on and on and on in the attitude of denial. This world is broken. That means we need a savior. This building had some wood that just wasn't right. So Ronnie said it's time to call out the construction guy and cut back the bad wood. You can't put new wine in old wine skin. You got to root out some things before you put something brand new in. Otherwise, when you mingle some good with some bad and you let that thing continue on and and then you drink it because none of y'all would drink outdated milk half full with good fresh milk on the other portion. You would say, I'm going to the store. It's still three dollars. I'm just going to buy fresh milk. Don't give me that spoiled stuff all clumpy and messed up. It's going to hurt my stomach tonight. The devil is a liar. I mean, walking around cramped up. That that, that doesn't work. That dog don't hunt. Praise God. There's some things you got to get rid of before you bring in the new. Amen. You got to address some things. Otherwise, we're whistling in the graveyard, as they say. Hallelujah. But that is affirmation. When you address the whole situation. Affirmation means that nothing is off limits and that nothing is taboo. For if you cannot talk about it, then you cannot fix it. There's some things that need a fixing, but if nobody wants to see it and you keep on telling your eyes that they're lying to you, then you ain't going to do nothing about it. So now in the context of Genesis chapter four, we are not told, we are not told that Cain nor Abel did anything wrong. That is not why they brought a sacrifice to the Lord. They did, we, we are not told that, that, that Abel sinned and fell short of the glory of God nor Cain. We knew that their, their mother and father did. We knew that they were already in a sin, uh, a sinful uh, state. Amen. But the scripture is not explicit. It doesn't tell us directly that either of these two brothers had fallen. They did not make an offering to the Lord because of any sin committed. These sacrifices were what you would call free will offerings. Some people have considered, well, Abel's offering was accepted because it it was a blood sacrifice. But but Cain's wasn't. It was of the fruit of the ground. But if you look in the throughout the book of Leviticus, throughout the, 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 the writings of Moses, there were various types of offerings that you could bring. 
in the house of God today. You could bring an offering and, and a tithe and put it into the tithe uh, 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 receptacle. You could also give of your time in the house of God. You could also, praise God, give of your love and continue to pour out of a free will that is in your heart. Praise God. And so these brothers both brought a free will offering, one of the uh, fruit of the ground and one of an animal sacrifice. Quite often we do things as the word calls us for, uh, for us to do them. We're not looking for anything in return. Amen. At least from man. But there is the desire inside the child of God. That our heavenly father see our heart when we do them. We do not want to be recognized by the crowd because we made this huge sacrifice uh, donation, uh, donating of our time, our energy, our money. It's a beautiful thing to know that the Father, hallelujah, has watched us with a close eye. And if we do it so that someone can recognize us, the Bible says we already have our reward. Look at me. Here's the, here's the payoff. Hallelujah. Here's the million dollar check. If we do that, he says, you already got your reward. But the Bible says, build up your treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. Where neither moth nor rust destroy. Amen. Praise God. So the father watches even the motivation of our heart. This speaks to the idea that every man, every woman and every child wants to be affirmed. Every single one. I don't care who you are, praise God, how young you are, how old you are, everybody wants affirmation. Praise God. We were created with a need for affirmation. So, so let's start with three questions in continuation. Why do we need it? Why do we long for it? And why do we seek it? Why do we need it? Here's the answer to that. We need it because it is a tool for accountability. Someone other than myself cares for me holistically. Amen. Somebody actually cares and they are willing to say when you did good or when you did bad. Why do we long for it? We were designed wonderfully, the Bible says, and fearfully with the desire to hear from that authority that is greater than ourselves regarding where we are in life. Hallelujah. And then why do we seek it? We seek it because it gives us direction. For the future. It, when I receive that affirmation, I can learn whether or not I'm on the right track. Affirmation tells us if we're on the right track. It says, praise God, yes, keep it going. Keep going in that direction. Keep pressing. Hallelujah. Or if we need to change course of action. Thank God for affirmation. Thank God for the father's affirmation. Thank God for the spiritual mothers and fathers in the house, the brothers and the sisters, praise God, who are patting us on the back and saying, keep it going. Don't stop. Continue forward. God has brought you this far. Continue on. Hallelujah. Y'all don't get too quiet on me now. Hallelujah. That's the love language of God Almighty. And it was the love language. And he expressed it to both of his sons, to Cain as well as to Abel. The approval and disapproval in the scripture lets us know the mindset of God. Now, the difference, here's the difference. The difference between the gifts was that Abel's was the very best of what he had. 
He was minding his business and he said, I'm going to give God my very best. While Cain, he brought something that's called a token gift. Remember that. Abel brought the very best while Cain brought a token gift. Now, the reaction of Cain towards God's affirmation of what was pleasing versus dis displeasing, it was short-sighted and it was quickly triggered. That's a, that's a uh, new generation term if you haven't really heard that a whole lot. And, and, and I realized, me personally, there's some things that, that trigger me. I don't know if you're a little bit triggered by some things, but that's why you need the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need you to keep me because I don't want to get, I don't want to react when, when getting triggered, you know, because everybody got a little trigger in them. Woo, you can't, you, you get so hot, you can't see straight. You don't got, you, you got worked up because somebody said something or something did, some, some situation happened and all of a sudden there was a stirring up and you say, God, I need you to keep me. There is a call on the believer to say, Lord, I need you to keep me because I need people to see Jesus at the end of the day. Because if I step out of character, then, then, Lord, there, there might be something that I lose. There might be an opportunity, an open door that I lose. So I need you to keep me, hallelujah, in your perfect will and in your perfect grace. Hallelujah. Cain's problem was that, again, he was short-tempered. He was very short-sighted. He couldn't see, praise God, the bigger picture. He couldn't appreciate that actually what God was doing in his grace, in his love, even in his disapproval, he was affirming his love, not only for Abel, but also for Cain. Hallelujah. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And the Bible says Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, it was no one else's fault but Cain's. It was nobody else's fault but Cain's for the disapproval that he had experienced. Verse 6 to verse 7 proves how much the father actually loves all of his children. The Lord spoke words of consolation and he gave him a warning. He gave him consolation and a warning. I'm not pleased with what you've done, Cain. Hallelujah. Nor am I pleased with this offering, but I'm going to give you consolation. I'm going to give you consolation today. Look at verse 7. If you do well, will you, he's speaking to Cain, Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. I'm giving you not only consolation, but I'm also giving you a warning. Because there is an enemy that comes in like a flood. But as we studied on this past Wednesday, God will raise up a standard. And the standard, hallelujah, is the grace of God, which can, hallelujah, block and create a barrier of all the winds and the waves that are coming your way of this life so that you are not perplexed in the hour of temptation. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke these words and he spoke a warning so that he would change his course of action. 
God keep me, hallelujah, when the crowd is gone so that I might recognize when the hour of temptation is upon me so that you might be able to identify, hallelujah, because it's in the moment when God begins to cause you to succeed and doors begin to open in your life and things begin to go in sort of a vertical pattern. All of a sudden, it's like a skyrocket, hallelujah, that's just breaking loose and sky's the limit and God's beginning to do something great that here comes the enemy like a flood and you gotta recognize and you gotta be a watchman on the tower to say, I can't get, hallelujah, caught up in all of the hype. Because God begins to exalt you and things begin to go good. And all of a sudden, the enemy wants to cut you off at the feet. You got to recognize it. Hallelujah. You got to recognize it because it's the hour in which we can be consoled and affirmed. But also God says there's a warning. There's a warning. Hallelujah. Because the flesh is weak, but the spirit man is willing. Every Sunday and every Wednesday, we hear of God's love language. Together in this house, we hear his affirmation that speaks approval or disapproval so that we can one day see him face to face. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, have your way. Consider these words this morning. Everybody wants affirmation. You know, I'm going to be transparent with you. Can I speak facts? Okay. Even in the LGBTQ community, there is a desire for affirmation. Someone spoke it this week and made it so plain and so easily understood with regards to the, to the movement. They, they are celebrating what is called their month. They believe. That's them. There is an agenda to get the pastors to marry them, even if the pastors are unwilling. And a certain gentleman said it so plain and so clear, and he, he said, you know, the agenda is all about affirmation because there is a longing. If people are doing what honors God or what dishonors God, no matter what, there is a desire to be affirmed in whatever they are doing. We were created with a desire for affirmation. This is, an, is not an attack on any person. This is the reality of what we are living in and what we are experiencing in this life. Everybody wants affirmation. You, as a matter of fact, there are some rebellious folks, praise God, who, are, who know full well the love of God and the word of God, but they resist the word because something has happened where there is a blindfold there is a choice, praise God, and there is a blindfold, and God can remove the blindfold off of any of us because it doesn't matter if you're on the podium or if you're in the back or if you're backslider sitting at home saying, I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with God. But still, no matter what, there is something inside that cries out, I want to be affirmed. I, I, I want somebody to speak into me and, and actually tell me, though, that I am on the right course. God's love language is never the problem, but the problem is whether we allow his word to fall on the good soil or the bad soil of our hearts. When Cain heard the word of the Lord, he had a decision to make, but we know that he misdirected his anger. 
at the time of Stephen's persecution. They, the Bible says that those, his persecutors, the Sanhedrin, the, 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 the religious leaders who became angry with him, they were angry not just with him, but they were angry with the word because the word of God called them out. And instead of bowing the knee and saying, I am affirmed that this is exactly what I need to be doing. The Bible says that they became angry and with one accord, they rushed towards Stephen and they killed Stephen. They martyred Stephen because Stephen had the word living in him and the word that was living in him had to come out in the midst of the difficulty. That was not the crowd that we like to speak to so much because they were hostile. They were, they were contending against the word that was in him. And they were not willing to humble themselves. It wasn't Stephen's fault that they were not in the word. Stephen was just giving them the direction. Hallelujah. But they misdirected their anger. The Bible says it's okay for you to be angry. But it's about what you do with that anger. Be angry, but sin not. Hallelujah. It's about what you do with it. Uh, praise God. If there's anybody to be angry with, it's with. Praise God. It's not my brother Abel. It's not my sister Susie. It, I got to check me. It wasn't Abel's fault. Abel was minding his own business. There's some people being looked on right now. There's some Abel's being looked on. And your problem has nothing to do with Abel. This is between you and the Lord. And God in his infinite love says, you know what? I ain't even got to say a whole lot to Abel. I'm going to focus my attention on Cain because I love Cain. And I want to see him restored. And I see sin crouching at the door. And I need to affirm my love for him and let him know how precious he is. Abel had nothing to do with what was going on between Cain and God. Here you have an example of the danger of what giving birth to sin looks like. Look at James chapter 1, verse 12 to verse 15. Praise God. Here it is on the screen. The Bible says, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, that is affirmed, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Amen. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, that's to say lust, and enticed. Verse 15, then when desire has conceived, when lust has conceived, whatever, the lust for power, praise God, the, 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 the lust for flesh, anything that is, that is, that is uh, uh, of the flesh, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Tell your neighbor God's love language. God's affirmation is for my good. Praise God. Amen. It is the Father's heart to be a keeper. God wants to keep you, church. He wants to keep you in this generation. He wants to keep you in this time. At the moment when temptation knocked on Cain's door, that was the moment for him to turn humbly to the Lord and allow God to restore him. 
Cain was obviously experiencing blessing because he yielded good crops for the Lord from the earth. Amen. He was experiencing success in his career. Amen. There's nothing like experiencing success in your career. It's a beautiful thing. He was experiencing, hallelujah, the, 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 the grace of God providing so that he could bring an offering unto the Lord. Church, it, it, it's in the moments when things are actually going well and when we are experiencing, experiencing success that we must stay close to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And even so, praise God, keep our focus on what we're doing. Because I think somewhere along that line, he was focused on what he was doing. He brought it forth. And if that was what he wanted to bring forth, then fine. But it, there, there had to be a heart issue going on. And that's what God was speaking to. It wasn't about the offering as much, hallelujah, as the heart. You had Abel, and he must have looked over at Abel. And he got jealous, bitter, envious, and didn't allow those fruits of the Spirit to operate in him. Hallelujah. We got to experience this grace of God and continue to walk in it, even in the midst of success. Otherwise, my good eye can turn into an evil eye. And by the time it's all over, the losses are too many to count. But if you continue learning of the discipline of being a disciple, hallelujah, if I continue in this, in learning the discipline of being a, uh, a disciple, I will always give God my very best. Your very best, you know what? It's not between me, you, and the Lord. It's between you and the King of glory. Hallelujah, because God knows your heart. He sees what you are doing. Hallelujah. Nobody else has to know but you and the Lord. But if something is being held back when you already are feeling the unction of the Holy Spirit, you know what? God help us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Hallelujah. And give him whatever he puts in our heart to give. That's why the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So whether it's somebody calls me and it's time to get up and go help them, hallelujah, or I'm going to this offering basket and giving, hallelujah, unto the Lord, God, I thank you for the ability to give of my time, my energy, my resources unto the King of glory. Come on, give him a round of applause. <laughs> hallelujah. And so if I continue in learning the discipline of being a disciple of Christ, I will blame no one else. For my actions. That's called looking for a scapegoat. Hallelujah. That's quite tempting, isn't it? All, 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 you know, all over again, it's the Russians. It must be the Russians. It's, or, or, or it's Joe. It's Joe down the street. It's him who did it. Or it's she who did it. Oh, 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 this person or that person. It's their fault. No, it's not. Sometimes it's my fault. Hallelujah. And you know what? I don't need to make a public spectacle of it. All I got to do is just go before the Lord and say, God, Abel's not responsible for this. I am. Hallelujah. God, I thank you because you created me wonderfully and fearfully. Abel's handling his business. I'm minding my business. Hallelujah. If I continue to learn of this discipline, it'll teach me to be grateful for the moments of the Lord's approval. And I will also be grateful when he calls me out so that I can correct my steps when I hear the disapproval of the Lord. This isn't for anyone except for me. I'm talking to myself this morning. 
I believe you're in the room as I'm gathering these thoughts, as I consider it. In doing these four things, in doing these things that we just talked about, we are walking in the example of what the Lord and Savior, hallelujah, of, of our Lord and Savior, with whom the Bible says we are joint heirs, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Amen. And we can remember those beautiful words of affirmation because I don't want to stay in disapproval every day, all day. I eventually want to graduate. I want to know that I was taking some kind of course of action that wasn't quite right. But now, praise God, I'm getting on the straight and narrow. Eventually, I'm doing something different. I don't got to take it to the extreme like Cain took it because Cain took it to a place that there was no going back. What was done was done. And the Bible says, love your neighbor, love your brother, love your sister. Hallelujah. It should never go to such an extreme that we develop such a bitterness and a hatred in our hearts towards anyone because they were wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of our God. That's your brother. That's your sister. Hallelujah. It's a day where the Bible calls it a day where we celebrate the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we want to ultimately hear the words of affirmation like our Lord and our Savior heard in the book of Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Look at that with me. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17 says, And suddenly, this is when Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. The Bible says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom... I am well pleased. Hallelujah. That's the heart of God. He wants to speak those words to each and every one of us. How many of us want to hear those, those famous words of Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, where he says, uh, his Lord in this parable, he said, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You're fa well, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That right there, church, hallelujah, is the motive of each and every one of our hearts. I want to know God's love language. I want us to know his love language. I want to know the full counsel of the living God because when I do, that means that I am in fellowship. You are in fellowship. And when you're in fellowship, praise God, what happens is a beautiful thing where you and I don't only go to him uh, uh, when, 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 when we need something. We're in fellowship, hallelujah, when nobody else is in the house. And we raise up our voice and we say, God, I love you. God, I praise you. Hallelujah. This isn't a, a thing of formality. This is not a thing of Oh, well, we just got to go to church, get our suit and tie, put on our dress. Hallelujah. Because it's Sunday. Nah, not just on Sunday. Because I am in fellowship, I'm stirred up. Hallelujah. To just lift up my voice. My wife, my wife triggered me last night. Not that kind of trigger. My wife triggered me last night in a real positive way when she said something about the goodness of God. And when she says something about the goodness of God, I stopped right there and I just lifted up both of my hands and, and I just felt the, 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 the weight of the cloud of glory, even just for a moment, even just for a moment. And I said, isn't this a beautiful thing that we don't have to wait until Sunday? Hallelujah. It could be Saturday night. 
It could be, hallelujah, Tuesday afternoon. It could be 5 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's there but you and Jesus. And because he loves you, he says, I affirm to you that I am with you. Hallelujah. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, I'm here to tell you when you're doing good. And I'm here to tell you when you need to get it right. I'm here to tell you I'm going to walk with you through it. I see your tears. I see your pain. I see your joy. I see your laughter. I know everything about you. Said, I know you better than you know yourself. Hallelujah. My wife knows me better than I know myself. Hallelujah. So it's amazing to know that there's somebody else who knows me better than my wife. <laughs> Isn't that right, Milton? Hallelujah. Isn't that right, JB? She'll tell you to get up. It's time to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ivan, isn't that right? She knows you better than you know yourself. But there's a king who knows us better than anyone. And because we're in fellowship, because we're in covenant, because when we came to, came to the altar and we say, God, I give up, I surrender everything. I surrender it all. Hallelujah. I can't do this thing alone. There's so many people who say, I'll do this Jesus thing when I'm ready. That's, you know what that's comparable to, right? It's comparable to grabbing a dry piece of soap out of the box and rubbing it with your hands, and it gets all chalky. And you say, I got to clean myself up first. But that's not the way to do it, because you got to get in the waters first. The waters is you saying, God, I surrender. God, hallelujah, I need you. God, I recognize your disapproval for the sin that I've done. And I humble myself today, hallelujah, so that I could be healed Talking about the word healing. You know that there's healing when you forgive people? Actually over your body? Because they no longer have any right, any control, any unrented space in your mind. Hallelujah. Last week I got free because there was, there was some forgiveness that took place in my relationship with, with someone, hallelujah. And, and, and every time that something happens, every time there is an offense, anytime somebody breaks your heart or stabs you in the back, hallelujah, or does something to you that, that, that you feel is, 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 is unworthy of forgiveness, all of a sudden when you say, God, I lay this thing down, all of a sudden, all of the weight of those thoughts, all of the weight of that frustration and bitterness, Hallelujah, it lifts off your shoulders, hallelujah, and transfers to the king of glory. It really does. It really does. Why? Because you have the legal right, because you're in covenant, to be able to say, Lord, I give it to you. Hallelujah, and he receives it. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. Hallelujah. There are a bunch of people who think they don't need any rest. But go ahead, stay up 48 hours straight. Let's see what happens. We need rest. The physical body needs rest. The mind needs rest. The spirit man needs rest. And all this has to do with God and what he's able to do and his affirmation that he wants to give and pour out upon his children. 
Hallelujah. But when I hear the full counsel of God, church, we are and we enter into fellowship. We are healed. Then we can see. We can hear. And this is one of my favorites. We can finally move forward. Those things that held you back all these years, they don't have to hold you back anymore. No more. Hallelujah. There's no excuse. That if, if, if Cain had just received the word of the Lord, he would have got up and said, all right, Lord, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm going to get up from here, praise God, and I'm going to check my own heart. Hallelujah. Because it ain't my brother's fault. I don't need a scapegoat. I don't need to point the finger. Hallelujah. I receive what you're saying to me. Hallelujah. And so in conclusion, praise the Lord. We can move forward with an effective and an anointed life so that others around us may also experience the goodness of God, the power of God. Hallelujah. Praise God, because we don't want anything artificial. We don't want to come into the house, hallelujah, and fake the funk. Praise God. This is, this is not, we, we, we're not playing a game here. Hallelujah. God means business, so we mean business. Hallelujah. I've come to meet with him. You've come to meet with him. Hallelujah. Right there where you are, just bow your head for a moment. Don't even, don't even stand to your feet just yet. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your affirmation. For the affirmation of your approval. Hallelujah. And Lord, when you check our own spirit, where we are, God, we thank you today because when your love and your affirmation touches our hearts and when it touches our lives, something happens, something stirs up, something breaks in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Father God, there, there, is, a, there is a shift. There is a new direction. There is, hallelujah, a new order, and it is the order of the living God. Hallelujah. Father, today... We simply, hallelujah, long to be able to hear the words, this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. We don't want to bring anything old, anything from Egypt, into the land of promise. We want to walk in totally free. We want to walk in totally confident, hallelujah, that you are with us, that you, Father God, are fighting for us. Hallelujah. Father, for your word has said that when we do ultimately surrender it all unto you, when we, hallelujah, position ourselves, when we stand still and when we see the salvation of the Lord, something happens. Hallelujah. The sword and the battle transfers from our hands into your hand. And you take care of all the things that we couldn't take care of on our own. For had it not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? Where would we be? Father God, and we've come into the year 2021, even today, with a greater level of confidence, with a greater level, hallelujah, of trust. Because if you carried us through this last year, through these last 15 months, God, you could carry us through anything. God, I thank you for the confidence that we can have in you. 
God, I thank you for the healing. Because in this room, I believe, Lord God, and on this live stream, there are men and women, there are even teenagers and children who are listening to these words and who understand the importance, hallelujah, of yielding to that affirming love. Because you care enough about us to pat us on the back when we're on the right route. And you love us so much that you'll call to our attention when we need to get it right. Oh, you're a good father. Father God, I thank you for where you are taking us, for where you are taking men and women who have said, hallelujah, I'm done doing this thing by myself. I'm done catching an attitude with my brother or my sister, thinking that it's them, hallelujah. No, by no means, hallelujah. I put my own spirit in check. And I say, God, I belong to you. Hallelujah. I can't make anybody do anything or force anybody or twist any arm, but I take responsibility for my relationship with the Lord. God, hallelujah, we love you. And God, we thank you. Because a healing virtue is happening in this room, even right now. Oh, thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. There's a sweet anointing in this place, church. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. How has God sustained this house for all these years? Because there were some people getting down on their knees before the Lord. There were some people in intimacy with God, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but they, hallelujah, have been laboring in Christ. They have been given birth, hallelujah, Woo, to a fresh anointing. There was a man by the name of Elijah in Scripture. Open your eyes for just a moment before we transition. There was a man named Elijah in scripture, and, and this teaching just came as my wife and I spoke. And he humbled himself. The Bible said he got to a place where he wanted his servant to be able to see what God was doing in the supernatural. And the Bible says that he got himself on his knees prostrate, and his head was between his knees. <laughs> And that position of worship was the position in which the women of, in, of, in Israel would position themselves at the time of birth, which is to declare that the place where we humble ourselves before God and give it all unto God is not a place where we just physically show reverence, but it is also a place where we begin to birth some things, hallelujah, that God has been longing to birth through our life. Hallelujah. So do not think to yourself that your prayers are in vain or that your prayers or your, 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 your petition unto the Lord is just something that is coming and going. No, you are actually giving birth to an anointing. Because where you are going, you're going to need more than what you have right now. Hallelujah. You can't depend on what, what was there 10 years ago, what was there 20 years ago. It's time to give birth to something new. Come on. Hallelujah. 
time to give birth to something new. It's time to give birth to something new. Something new. Something new. Something new. Something new. Hallelujah. This isn't, this isn't, praise God, Disney World. This is the word of God. Hallelujah. This is a fresh anointing. Hallelujah. This is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. This is the anointing that destroys addictions. This is the anointing, hallelujah, that creates a separation between what the world offers and what the living God offers. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me, please. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. For your grace and for your abundant mercy. Hallelujah. We've come to the house of God on today in an attitude of adoration, in an attitude, hallelujah, of worship, in an attitude where we have come to offer, hallelujah, our whole selves. Oh, God. This, Father God, hallelujah, is the day that you have made. We've come, hallelujah, to give you everything you're worthy of. Today, if there's anyone in the house under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, hallelujah, today is a day to know the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe you heard the portion of the message that dealt with forgiveness. Maybe there's some forgiving of people that you need to do. The Bible says, hallelujah, if we forgive those who have trespassed us, God himself will also forgive us. Today's a day for liberty, for freedom. Anything that hold, has held you back, anything that has, hallelujah, uh, uh, stolen uh, uh, your, your, your uh, potential, today is a day for restoration. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you need to be reconciled with him, today is that day of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your hand if that's you? To God be the glory. 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 Hallelujah. All over this house. Father, we thank you for your affirmation that you approve, hallelujah, when we come under that covenant, when we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus and we allow you to be Lord and Savior of our life. Hallelujah. 